Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. I'm sitting here with sweet Poppy. She's staring at me right now because sometimes it's really hard to find times in the day when all the kids are asleep or gone. And so here I am with my sweet little PJ. Y'all, she is just the cutest thing. Okay, so today and the next couple episodes are going to be focused around this sweet parenting journey that I'm embarking on with my kiddos. Obviously, y'all know this. It's Every Mom Needs a Friend. So we collectively are parents trying to work through this thing together and I just feel like I've been stretched more than I ever have been and I've shared with y'all that I just feel like my mental load is pretty much at its peak and it feels like it's at its capacity so I wanted to deep dive into some things I've learned and are working on with my own kiddos. The best thing I feel like I've done is to almost treat some parts of parenting like a science experiment. So what's working? What's not working? And really in any good experiment, you have a control and you make subtle changes to see what you can summarize as a win and what doesn't work. And I feel like this is kind of the long haul, y'all. Like we aren't just working with these kids for a week. We're working with them for 18 years. And I think it is so important to remember, and y'all know this, but be sure to know that there are like a hundred ways to skin this cat and you can effectively parent and love your children so well. And it might not look the same as how your friend or your coworker or any other gal does it. I think the big thing to keep in mind here is if our goal is to work towards them being full functioning humans that are independent and capable of self-awareness and have the ability to love others and think independently, then that's when you've succeeded. But it's gonna look different from family to family or kid to kid. So my big question kind of goes off this idea. So get your hands ready. PJ, get your hands ready. One, two, three. (laughs) She did a big gah right when I clapped. You're learning. (laughs) Okay, so my big question today is, how do you show love and intentionality to your different kids? So for me, with my three kids, it looks really different. Like with Ellie, my four and a half year old, it's talking with her. It's just sharing all my thoughts, answering all the questions. With Kate, my two year old, it's working alongside of her. And with PJ, sweet PJ, it's quite simple. It's just nursing her. It's just feeding her. Whoever's feeding her, she loves that person. So I will make sure I tag on the Instagram, the five love languages book. Y'all have probably heard of it, read it, or at least it's a concept that you kind of understand. But I think this is super applicable to your kids too. But with that, let's go ahead and jump into today. Today's talk actually comes from a concept that I heard at a previous MOPS meeting where the speaker summarized points from this book, how to talk so your kids will listen and listen so your kids will talk. It's kind of a tongue tie. And I currently have a hold on it at the library, so I'll let y'all know when I get it and I read it. But okay, let's just go ahead and jump in and let's talk about how to listen to your kids. Okay, so jumping right in, the speaker talked about being sure to listen with your full attention. And I feel like this is one of those very cliche, like, duh, like if you're going to want them to listen to you, you should be listening to them. It's like super hypocritical for us to be like, look at me when we're sitting there on our phones or in the middle of doing something else, multitasking. And I think the problem here is that they start to realize that we aren't giving them our full attention. Like I think about when I just had Ellie and she was super tiny, I could be watching like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I could be working out. She had no idea. She was teeny tiny. But now that I have a little bit older kids and multiple kids, I feel like they're starting to notice when I'm not giving my full attention. They might say things like, mom, look at me with your eyes. And I just feel really sad because I'm like, there's only one way to look at someone and that's with your eyes. But I'm often going, okay, I'm watching, but then I'm doing something else or looking down at my phone. It's, oh gosh, just 
so hypocritical. I feel like it's important to stop and convict myself here because in these early years, I mean, they're so crucial. And this concept is a crucial part in developing trust with my kids so that one day when they need to talk to someone about something that they saw or heard or even worse, I think about like, if what if something happened to them? I would want them to know that if they came to me, I would see that they are important, that their words are important, and that I'm not going to be distracted and they can have my full attention. And oh, I mean... I hate to go so heavy so quick into this episode, but it's just on the top of my mind right now as I think about sending Ellie to kindergarten in the fall. And even that in itself, y'all, I don't know if you have kindergartners, older age kids, but the idea that they are going to leave for like a significant part of the day and not be with me, it's just such a different phase of life because pre-elementary school, you could say, I mean, I guess we're sending Ellie to preschool, but it's just not the same, obviously. So pre-elementary school, you just kind of dictate how you spend your time, who your kids hang out with. And then I know it's like, duh, but I don't get to pick who she hangs out with all day. I don't get to pick what she's looking at, listening to all the things. And that is the relinquishing of control when you send your kids away to school and you don't homeschool them, which a lot of my friends are choosing to homeschool. And so that's been an interesting topic of conversation among us because I feel like it's just such a weighty decision. And what I at least can say for myself is I can totally respect the people that choose to homeschool and I can totally respect the people that send their kids away to school. Um, Even in New Hampshire, y'all, the high schoolers, it was like this big trend. I don't even want to call it a trend, but maybe it was just common up there. Maybe it's just more common in the Northeast. I don't know. But a lot of like the high schoolers would go away to these boarding schools, truly like stuff that I feel like I saw on like shows when I was little or like, wasn't it in what was the Mary Kate and Ashley movie where they went away to boarding school or might have just been to camp now that I'm thinking about it. And maybe now I'm thinking about it. It's the one with Lindsay Lohan where they trade twins. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) It is such a weird thing to think about sending my kid away for the bulk of the day. And if you even just look at like the dollars and cents of it, that's where they're spending their time. So it's going to be so easy for them to be influenced by it. And so when Ellie is at school, I'm not going to get the chance to talk to her. So when she comes home, I really need to make sure that I am fully giving her my full attention. But also, I think that starts earlier on, even as little as Poppy, that like I should be paying attention to her. There's plenty of times in the day when I can sit down and give each kid, what do they talk about, 10 minutes? Like, I think I heard someone say one time, if you give each of your kid just 10 minutes a day where they have your undivided attention, that builds so much trust. And it also, I don't know, they like ride that high for the rest of the day. And I think if your goal is to develop a deeper relationship with your kids, it starts with talking to them. So yes, we should be listening, but also talking to your kids. I will say it's hard for me because me and Ellie are both talkers. And so we both just have a lot of words, have a lot of questions. So I think it's harder for me when I sit with Kate because she's just more of like the hands-on gal. Like she wants to work alongside of me. She wants to build something with me. And we might not talk for the whole 30 minutes that we're doing something, but she loves to just be working alongside of me. She actually says all the time, she said it to her grandparents and to me, Christopher, but she'll say, sit, sit. She just wants you to sit next to her. And it's really sweet to see the differences in the two, but it reminds me that I might be able to show love and intentionality in different ways to different kids. And I think it's so important when they're little to build trust in them. So this feels like it like parlays nicely into, I have a hard time of not doing the thing where I speak for my kid or I encourage my kid to hug that person before they leave. I think it's a hard concept for me to grasp that 
my kids don't owe that adult anything almost. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. I don't know if y'all are gasping out there, but I feel like it's so easy to, when they say, you know, what's your name? To be like, do, 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 do. Oh, it's Kate. It's Kate. Her name's Kate. And if she doesn't want to hug at the end of a play date to be like, oh yeah, she's being shy. Like, don't qualify it. It's okay. Maybe she just doesn't want to hug. That's totally fine. And this is me talking to myself, y'all. But I think that there are moms out there who struggle with the same thing. And I don't want to take their voice from them. And I don't want to make them resent the fact that I encouraged them, over-encouraged them to hug every single person before they leave. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like that was just such a common thing, at least in my family, of you have to hug every person before you leave. And although it is the right thing to do, especially with like family members, I feel like it's such an uncomfortable experience when your kid doesn't want to hug that person. You're like, give them a hug. And I don't know if that's right, y'all. So I don't want to break parts of that trust if I'm forcing them to speak or to do something that they're not wanting to do. So Silence is okay. Building up trust in them, so important. But then also I was thinking about this concept that it's important to have people in my kids' lives that they kind of back me up, if that makes sense. So the friends of theirs, moms say, they have a big influence too. I can think of many things that I think my mom told me, but then I would go to my best friend's house and her mom would say something. And for some reason it'd resonate a lot more. Why is that a thing? I feel like that's an age old tale, but I feel like it would have been so easy for my mom, if she was working on something with me to call, let's say my best friend Kaylin's mom and say, hey, this is something that I'm worried about or struggling with or encouraging Anna. Do you mind if it is brought up to do this? And I feel like 10 times out of 10, that friend's mom is going to be like, yeah, I got you. But also just really speaks to the idea of like, who are we surrounding our kids with? And especially, like I said, before they get into elementary school, we have such a dictation of how they spend their time, who they spend their time with, what are they doing? And so let's make sure we fill up at least those years with super life-giving people and things. But I also wrote down, I was interested, my thoughts of this. Oh, I think it's because, so like, Okay, I have thumb suckers. I don't know if your kids ever suck their thumb. They might be passy kids, but there's an issue when they get to that certain age. Like for instance, when Ellie turned three, I wanna say we started having the conversation about like, hey, we should stop sucking our thumb or thumbs are for nighttime, I think is what we said. And then when she turned four and she was still sucking her thumb at bedtime, the dentist was like, hey, Ellie, it's time to be done. And I will tell you that it resonated with her that this authority figure, her dentist was telling her something like in a little way like challenging her and it's you know not me it's not coming from mom but we would continue to like kind of throw our dentist under the bus and been like Dr. Lisa said you're supposed to stop sucking your thumb why don't you hold on to this bunny instead and in fact I will say our dentist is great she gave Ellie this really cute bunny and said when you think about sucking your thumb why don't you just hold on to this bunny and that really did help her and it was enough of like a ooh I got this new toy and I know a lot of y'all do toys but I guess my point here is it's important to have people in your life to back you up in whatever task you're kind of like challenged with with that certain kid. So I don't know about y'all, but I talk to my mom every day. So she knows the challenges. So when she comes into town, she knows that there's certain things we're working on. Like <laughs> one of the things that's very funny is the word kill or dead. We try to not use those words in our house. And I know that sounds like weird and very specific, but you know that the phrase is like, oh, you're killing me or oh my gosh, I'm dead. Well, Ellie was using that like an awful lot and it made me go, where is she picking that up from? And I'm not joking. I feel like the day where I really like challenged myself, I'm like, huh, wonder where she picked that up from. One of my friends was talking about something and I was like, oh my gosh, I am dead. And I was like, shoot, 
She is truly just hearing me say that. And it doesn't sound very cute coming out of a cute little four-year-old's mouth. So we now say, we don't say dead, or we don't say that, or we don't say this, whatever the word is that we're not saying. And it's so funny when your kid is constantly listening to everything you're saying and you have set a rule, you're going to quickly change your behavior because you'll notice how often you say something because they're going to call you on it. Just funny to think about that. Like my mom and I always giggle because we say like, oh, you killed it. And that's such a positive thing, but we don't say kill. So it's very helpful to have people in your life that can help back you up. So I'm going to stop with here for today, but we have a lot of more in store for this whole book series. So looking forward to chatting with y'all more about this on next week. (laughs) Okay, y'all, you got to let me know what you thought about today's episode. You can hop on over to the Instagram and talk with me there. And I am pumped to talk more about this. Actually, on next week's episode, we're going to dive into what to do when our children are upset. And for me, with highly emotional children, (laughs) but I guess, I mean, what child under five doesn't get their undies in a twist every once in a while? But this is a lesson I constantly need reminding of and counseling over. So join me next week to chat about that. And I hope y'all have the best day. Bye.